It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to a Friday. Welcome in. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. How you doing over there, Justin? Oh, I was lied to. Uh, Jim Lewis. I'm doing beautiful today. Jim Lewis on the board. Told me he wouldn't be here today. Well, Justin texted me this morning and said nine. Said it's hey. good to see. I'm not a big Justin fan, <laughs> and I'm sure he's listening, so he he knows. Uh, welcome in. The Eminem Cartage Hotline is open five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty three eight four one four five zero. If you want to join in on the conversation, Thornton's text line is open as well five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Get your text into the show at that number, and don't forget it's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky refreshing reward member will win. $10,000 all summer long, grand prize of 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon, you are entered. You can earn additional entries by purchasing top select brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card at Thornton's. That's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. Not a Refreshing Rewards member? Become one today. Text rewards to 803 803- one three. That's eight zero three one three. Lot to get to today. I thought it was going to be a slow show, and then Tiger played uh, at the Open Championship today. Shot a seventy five, three over today. Finished nine over in his two rounds of golf. Put his second shot of the tournament yesterday into the water. So not a good start, not a good middle, not a good finish in these two days for Tiger Woods at St Andrews. I'll get to that. By the way, we have 50 days from today, 50 days until college football. 49 if you're an Indiana fan, all right? Hoosiers, I don't want to slight you like Matt did the last hour. Now, this is not boiler report here. This is Indiana, Kentucky, Louisville. Okay, I'll talk about Purdue a little bit. I'll talk about anything. But 50 days for Kentucky and Louisville, 49 until Indiana plays Illinois on a Friday night. So it's time for a – First look at the schedules here on this show. I know. Wait, I, wait a minute, Indiana and Illinois on a Friday night. Yeah, Friday night uh, in in uh, early September. Okay, so you're talking Big Ten schedule then. Big Ten schedule okay. in the opener because Illinois plays Wyoming on the twenty August twenty seventh. Oh, they must play a week early. Yeah, that's a Thursday. That's a Thursday night game, of course, at Memorial Stadium. Uh, so that's what threw me off. Illinois guy. Yeah, jumping in here. <laughs> Born, o- born and raised Opener Champaign for County. Indiana is 49 days away. I thought I made that clear. All right. Well, you said Indiana-Illinois. That's what threw me off for a Indiana second. versus Illinois. Okay. Big 10 opener. Opener overall for Indiana. All right. I didn't look at this, Jim. Maybe it's the second game for Illinois. I don't know. Well, I know it's because Illinois plays Wyoming. I, I didn't that. go that far down the rabbit hole to find <laughs> this. So we'll, we'll take our first look. Now, some of these shows – I know KRC's been looking at the Kentucky schedule. I'm sure Matt's talked about the Indiana schedule. Look, 50 days is a long time. A lot can happen in 50 days. So I'm not looking at football yet. But I will today, we'll take a look at the schedules for those three schools. Sports Illustrated had a great article online, SI.com. I looked at it today. I was, you know, you're looking around for something to talk about this time of year. What would happen... And Pat Forty retweeted it. He writes for Sports Illustrated. What would happen if we started brand new conferences from scratch today? Five different criterias to see who would be the number one seed, I guess, if you were picking a team 
to start your conference. Kentucky, Louisville, Indiana, they didn't finish very high up on the list. I'm going to be quite honest with you. But I'm going to go over a little bit of this later because it was fascinating. Uh, NBA news, it looks like DeAndre Ayton's going to stay in Phoenix, which means Kevin Durant can't be traded for him. Uh, a lot of fallout from this. We thought the Pacers were going to get him. They made an offer, biggest uh, offer sheet to a restricted free agent in the history of the league. The Suns matched it. He's going to stay in Phoenix. So we'll get to all that. Open championship updates, and Tiger Woods especially here. The leader right now, Cameron Smith, uh, the Australian, he is 11 under, 6 under through 12 holes today, through 13 holes today. Cameron Young, who was your overnight leader last uh, yesterday after round one, 10 under. He's 2 under today through 12. Dustin Johnson, a live tour golfer, is in the clubhouse at 9 under. Terrell Hatton, Scotty Scheffler are eight under. Uh, Rory McIlroy, one under today through six. He's seven under for the tournament, tied for sixth place. Um, let's see. As I scroll down the list here, Justin Thomas, the cut line looks like it's going to be even par at this point. And I'm at the minus ones, and I haven't found JT yet. I'm at the evens, and I haven't found JT yet. Maybe I missed him, and uh, we're going to have to get back to Justin Thomas because, well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out where he's at. Maybe I went too far down. Maybe I didn't give him enough credit. Could that be the case? Doesn't look like it. But we'll get to that. Tiger Woods, as I mentioned, plus nine, made that final walk across the bridge on the 18th fairway. Uh, He didn't stop. Now, Arnie stopped. Jack stopped. Stood on the bridge, had pictures, let the fans take some pictures, waved. Tiger kept going. And once he got over the bridge and walked the fairway at 18 up toward the green, it hit him. It hit him. And I'm not going to lie. I had a tear in my eye. I did. Because this is the last time we're going to see Tiger Woods at St. Andrews. Uh, It's not the way he wanted to go out, obviously. But as he was walking to his ball, he was wiping the tears away because the fans were respectful and loud and boisterous, and they gave him the ovation that, quite frankly, he deserves that and much, much more for what he's done for the game of golf. He actually missed a six-footer for birdie at 18, finished up with a par there. On 16 or 17, as I'm watching the coverage, one of the announcers said, this is just kind of sad to watch. And I think that encapsulated the whole thing. Yes, we remember all the great moments from Tiger Woods, the broken leg winning the U.S. Open, winning two at St. Andrews, all the majors, the comeback players championship, the comeback win at the Masters. We remember all of these things. The first win when he was young at the Masters at Augusta, where he just dominated the course beat the course to a pulp. We remember all of those. But we're going to remember this too. And it didn't feel right. It didn't feel good. Now, in his post-round interview, Tiger said he hopes to play another British Open. He just doesn't know if he'll play another one at St. Andrews. It's at least five years away. Next year, it's at Liverpool, uh, Royal Liverpool. He's played it there. He's won it there. And I think he anticipates playing there. But if you watch this week, The gate is no longer there, G-A-I-T. And with the surgeries he's had and the complications he's had, I'm not sure he ever walks correctly again. 
the number that the accident, the car accident did on him was incredible. The fact that he still has both legs is incredible. So the fact that he walked, can still walk 18 holes, practice rounds, practice three hours before he's supposed to go out, hit balls for nine hours at a time is unbelievable. Yesterday, because there are so many double greens on this course where greens the 13 or the uh, the 12 and the 3 are right, are connected they're connected greens it was a 6 hour round yesterday for tiger 6 hours i shoot 106 and i can be done in 4 hours right that's not how it was yesterday it was a slow grind for all the golfers but it's even more of a grind for a guy that basically has one and a half legs I don't know that he competes at a high level ever again. You were hopeful. We were all hopeful when he said, I'm going to sit out the U.S. Open. I want to play in the British. I want to play in the Open Championship, and I want to play well, and this is what I'm I'm focused on. This is what the end game is going to be this season. I want to play well in this championship, and he didn't. I got some numbers here that are really incredible about what Tiger Woods has meant to the game of golf. In 1994, year I call it YBT, year before Tiger, Ernie Els won the U.S. Open. Ernie Els made for winning that U.S. Open $320,000. $320,000. The entire prize for a major tournament in 1994, U.S. Open, $1.7 million. We all know who won the U.S. Open this year. It was Matthew Fitzpatrick. How much money did Matthew Fitzpatrick make? $3.15 million. How much was the total prize money? $17.5 million. In 27 years, 28 years, the prize money has gone up tenfold in the tournament, both to the winner and to the field in the U.S. Open. The guy who made the cut and finished last at the U.S. Open this year, Grayson Murray, made $36,843. That's 10% of what Ernie Els made to win the thing in 1994. There is one person, one person only, responsible for that amount of money now being in the game of golf. And that's Tiger Woods. It's Tiger Woods. It's not Jack Nicklaus. It's not Arnold Palmer. Yes, they made the game uh, more fun to watch. They made it uh, better to watch. They made made even more money than was before them. But Tiger Woods took it to a different level. Corporations got involved. Sponsorships grew exponentially. And that's all because of Tiger Woods. So watching him today, it was sad. The announcer was right. I don't know which one said it. Uh, I think it was John Wood, who uh, former former caddy who was on the course with him. He just said what everybody was thinking. Man, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see him struggling. He put one in Hell Bunker on uh, on sixteen. Remember, Hell Bunker took Jack Nicklaus four shots to get out of Hell Bunker one year. Tiger got out in one shot. In fact, hit a great shot up to the green and and two putted for par. But it it was not fun to watch. I kept waiting 
And you, you still keep waiting for that shot, that great moment, that putt. I was sure that six, eight-footer or whatever it was on 18 was going in. It lipped out. And I guess it's appropriate. He doesn't owe anybody any more of those moments, right? He doesn't. He has given us so much enjoyment watching golf and also making us go out and play some golf that he doesn't owe us anything else. I was at the Ryder Cup at Valhalla. It was incredible. It was incredible. I was at the championship he won at Valhalla, the Bob May playoff. People were, and that was the beginning of his career. That was early in his career. People were just clamoring to get to the holes to watch Tiger Woods hit shots. Nobody has been like that in the history of the game, and I'm, I'm including everybody here. People loved Arnold Palmer, Arnie's army. He was jovial. He was easy to love. People loved Jack Nicklaus. Although some people thought Jack Nicklaus was pompous, some people thought Jack Nicklaus won too much. He was bad for the game, right? He won too much. Nobody else had a chance. Tiger Woods was polarizing because you pulled for Tiger Woods or you pulled against Tiger Woods. There was no in-between. You didn't hope he won a golf tournament one week and hope he didn't make the cut the next week. You were either pulling against him every week or you were pulling for him every week. And finally, I'd like here's why not if I had one question to ask Tiger Woods, it would be, did you enjoy playing golf? Before the accident, did you enjoy playing golf when you were winning all of those tournaments? He probably would say, well, I enjoyed winning. Sure, everybody enjoys winning. It's your job. Did you enjoy playing the game of golf? I'm not sure I'd get a yes. Because the pressure that was on him every week, nobody could beat him at, at first. He was demolishing courses. He made courses change. He made them become longer. He made them become more difficult. Now, equipment's got a lot to do with that. The balls are better. The clubs are better. The uh, technology is better to figure out your swing. But before all that, he took, he took Augusta and said, this is easy. Why is nobody else shooting this score? This is easy. I mean, I'm 17 under. This is, this is very easy. He changed the game for the better in a whole lot of ways. And I think since the accident, even though he's in a lot of pain, he's enjoying golf more than he ever did. He's happy to be out there. He was smiling. He was shooting a 75 today, and he was smiling. He was having fun with his caddy, Joey Cava. He uh, never had a lot of fun with Stevie Williams because if he missed a six-footer, it looked like he wanted to kill his caddy. He was not having fun. I'm glad he's having fun. I just wish it wasn't having fun playing poor golf because that's what we're seeing right now. But the money that these guys make today, the live tour and the guaranteed money that those guys that the Saudi Arabian-backed people are giving these players to go play on that tour never happens without Tiger Woods. Never happens. The TV contract, the fact that you can turn on your television every Saturday and Sunday for probably 46 weeks out of the year 
and watch professional golf that never would have happened without Tiger Woods. Never. So I hope it's not the end. I hope he can come back to Augusta next year. I hope that modern medicine will help his leg not necessarily heal it more, but maybe rebuild it a little better. I I would say if he wants to play again, he's probably going to go under the knife again because that leg's got to get a little bit better. It's one shorter than the other now. There's a decided limp. I hope whatever it takes that he can come back to Augusta, play well next year, make the cut. I don't care if he wins. I really don't. Finish top 20 at the Masters and then wave goodbye. Go out on a high note because I don't want to remember this as being the last round I saw Tiger Woods play golf. That's that's uh, very petty of me. That's very selfish of me. It's selfish of all the fans, but that's what we'd love to see. You don't want to see guys, any great athlete, go out. I didn't want to see Michael Jordan playing for the Charlotte Hornets. I didn't. I didn't want to see Joe Namath playing for whoever he played. I didn't want to see Joe Montana playing for the Kansas City Chiefs at the end, even though he was still good. I didn't want to see it. I'll remember Tom. I hope Tom Brady, I hope they have a good year because if Tom Brady and the Buccaneers go 3-14, and 14, that's a bad memory. All right, we'll take a break. I want to get to the uh, football schedules for the local three top three local teams. I'm not including Illinois in this, of course. But uh, I do want to get to the schedules. We'll talk about that. A little Phoenix Suns trade news with the Indiana Pacers. Looks like it's not going to happen. And who would you start your conference with if we had a blind draw and you could pick any program in the country? to start your conference. All that and more, listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio on this Friday. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 384-1450. To join in on the conversation, 502-384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. That's how you get your text into the show, 414-1450. Let me tell you about Shady Rays, an independent American-owned company started in Kentucky. Shady Rays is changing the way you wear sunglasses. With an industry-best combination of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag, Not stopping at the quality, Shady Rays offers the most insane warranty in all of eyewear. Every pair backed by lost and broken replacements. My uh, wife had to have her windshield fixed today. Yeah, because there was a crack in it. I think somebody on a motorcycle, their Shady Rays flew off and hit the uh, windshield. So we got it fixed today. But they lost their Shady Rays. They get a free replacement pair. Yeah, doesn't matter what happens to them. Uh, also, Shady Rays provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. They've donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades. Feel good by making an impact. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is offering 25% off. You can try them out, see what they're all about. Use the code BIGX at checkout. 25% off all adult shades. That's ShadyRays.com. Uh, bats lose last night in Scranton. 
to the Rail Riders, 6-1. to one. They'll be back in action tonight right here on the Big X, 635 first pitch, 605 pregame with Nick Curran. And you can listen to the bats right here all weekend, 605 start time tomorrow, 105 start time on Saturday. Pregame begins 30 minutes before each game right here on the Big X. Some NBA news. Well, the Suns decided to match the Pacers' offer for DeAndre Ayton, the restricted free agent, received the biggest offer sheet in NBA history for a restricted free agent. The Pacers offered four years, $133 million. Now, they're starting a rebuild. They've got good guards, uh, but they got rid of Malcolm Brogdon, traded him to the Celtics, and they wanted Ayton to be the centerpiece of this rebuild. He was ready to go. The Suns, who had uh, Coach Monty Williams had had some issues with Ayton. If you remember the Game 7 loss to the Mavericks last year, Ayton didn't get in the game much in the second half. And after the game, when asked about it, Monty Williams, the head coach, said it was a uh, it was a personal issue. They had a little they had problems. So we thought, at least I thought, DeAndre Ayton's days in Phoenix were numbered. Phoenix had till a few days from now, eleven fifty nine p.m. to match the offer to keep Ayton. They didn't wait; they matched it right away. So they keep DeAndre Ayton. They cannot trade him because of the collective bargaining agreement, until January 15th, the middle of next NBA season. And they can't trade him without his consent for a full year. So they could try to trade him on January 15th. He could say, no, thank you. They have to wait a full year now if they want to trade DeAndre Ayton, which means DeAndre Ayton, if Phoenix wants to get Kevin Durant, Ayton is not going to be one of the pieces they trade. Impossible. They can't do it. I think, the, and I said this, couple days ago, I think the Kevin Durant to Phoenix trade is done. It's not going to happen because the Brooklyn Nets are going to want Devin Booker. It's plain and simple. Phoenix can say we'll give you Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson and a couple of draft picks. The Nets want Devin Booker to be part of any deal for Kevin Durant. The longer this goes, it feels more like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, for that matter, are going to stay in Brooklyn. For at least one more year. Durant's got four years left on his contract. So the Nets have leverage here. Right? If he had one year left, the Nets wouldn't have any leverage because at the end of the season, he'd go somewhere they don't get anything for him. But they've got leverage right now. they got four years to deal with whatever they have to deal with here. Not so with Kyrie Irving, who will be a free agent after next season. Uh, Irving to the Laker talk, it's gotten quiet. It's gotten quiet. He's willing to take a lot less money. He would have to. But the Nets aren't willing to trade him to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook. They don't want Russell Westbrook. Nobody wants wants Russell Westbrook. Um, so, you know, a lot of these trades we thought were going to happen. And, look, part of this is there's nothing to talk about this time of year. So anytime anybody wants to be traded, guess where they're going? They're going to the Lakers or they're going to the New York Knicks. That's just media putting that out there. You know who'd be a good fit for Kevin Durant? Los Angeles Lakers. You know who'd be a good fit for Kyrie Irving? Oh, the Knicks. Knicks love it. It's something to talk about on the radio. And it looks like now none of this is going to happen. Kevin Durant's next destination, now everybody is talking about Miami. Oh, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero. Maybe they go to Brooklyn for uh, with a couple of draft picks for Kevin Durant. 
Kevin Durant doesn't want to go to Miami if Adebayo and Hero aren't there. So the Aiton news is big because that sort of rules out Kevin Durant to Phoenix. Because you would have had to think if Booker's not going back to the Nets, Aiton would have had to have been one of the guys going back to the Nets, and they can't trade him there now because of the collective bargaining agreement. All right, we've got 50 days till uh, college football, 49 if you're an Indiana fan, apparently a lot fewer than that if you're an Illinois fan. Illinois will play Wyoming. Jim was right. Yeah, Illinois, Wyoming. I knew you were right. I just hate being wrong. <laughs> August uh, 27th at, uh, at 4 o'clock on the Big Ten Network in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois. Mm-hmm. At Memorial Stadium. And that's a Thursday, which... A Thursday 4 p.m. game. Yeah, which is very odd. Uh, uh, Big Ten Network. TV uh, dictates everything. Okay. You know what? We got to slot it from 4 to 7. Hey, let's put Illinois and Wyoming in there. Right. Well, I figure... I don't think students are back, but I don't think school has started yet, so maybe they're guessing they might get students there. Wow. Well, if they don't, they can uh, certainly come to Bloomington the next week because that's when the Hoosiers started up. Friday, September 2nd, Illinois, Indiana, Friday night, conference game in Bloomington, 8 p.m. on FS1. Uh, the Big Ten's doing this now. They've done it for the last several years. You're, tr- you're playing an early conference game. First first one out of the shoot. Penn State will play Purdue. I know this is not boil- the Boiler Report, but Penn State will play Purdue on that Thursday night, uh, September 1st, in uh, West Lafayette. So another uh, another conference game. I, I like it. it. You know what? It's exciting for the fans. You can watch Kentucky and Miami of Ohio if you want to. Uh, you can watch any of these big time college programs, you know, dust their field off with uh, a, a, a mid major, but that's no fun. We had that for years. I love that the Big Ten said, "Hey, we're going to play some early conference games." So Illinois, here's a big game for Indiana. Indiana and Tom Allen. This is a big year. This is a big year. They had some great years. They've had some down years. Tom Allen needs some wins this year. Now you got Idaho in week two. Uh, this is me looking at the schedule here 49 days out for Indiana. Idaho week two at home, that's a win. Western Kentucky week three, Saturday noon game on the Big Ten Network. Remember, they went down to WKU last year and got beat. They need this win over Western Kentucky. Cincinnati, first road game for the Hoosiers, Saturday the 24th of September. Uh, It's not the same Cincinnati team. They lost a lot of guys to the NFL here including quarterback Desmond Ritter to the Atlanta Falcons. It's still Cincinnati. It's still Luke Fickle. This is a tough, tough game for the Hoosiers against a team that is heading toward the Big 12 Conference. At Nebraska, Tom Osborne's not coming through that door. It's a different Nebraska team. That's a winnable game. But you know what else that is? That's a losable game. Um, Maybe the biggest game on the schedule, question mark? You have to figure you could be, in theory, 4-0 going into that game. You probably will be, in theory, 3-1 going into that game. You could be, in theory, 1-3 going into that game. So I think that the, the first big game, of course, is Illinois, conference game. But Western Kentucky, sneaky, they're going to still have that wide-open offense that they have. They got the – They'll plug in some different players. They'll plug in some portal portal transfer guys. Western Kentucky is going to score points. If you're Indiana, you got to score with them. 
Michigan comes to Bloomington on uh, October 8th. That's a loss. I don't know how else to say it, folks. That's a loss. At Rutgers, scary game on the 22nd uh, of October. Then you got a week off before a home game against Penn State. Here's your finish, by the way. At Ohio State, at Michigan State, Purdue at home. You better win some games early. You better win a bunch of games early. And if you're Tom Allen, I think the goal here is get to a bowl game. It's really that simple. Six and six is not bad. You can't believe you're going to beat Michigan State and Ohio State on the road, Penn State and Michigan at home. There's four losses right there. Road games in the Big Ten, never easy. You've got Rutgers and Nebraska on the road as well. You got Cincinnati on the road. You better win one of those games, and you better win your home games that you should win, like Illinois, like Western Kentucky, like Maryland uh, on October 15th. So I think it's a tall order for the Hoosiers to go six and six. Just looking at the schedule, I would throw four and eight out there. Four and eight. That's, is it mean spirited? Yes. Is it realistic? I think it is. Uh, because there's a lot of things Indiana's got to address here. There's a lot of things, a lot of positions where there are big question marks. And you're in the Big Ten, right? You're not you're not Notre Dame, you're, but you're Indiana and you're in the Big Ten. Tom Allen's done some great things at IU. Sometimes you do great things and then the time runs out, right? The clock hits midnight. Is that going to happen to Kentucky? Maybe. Probably not this year. Will Levis is still the quarterback. Chris Rodriguez is going to be the running back. The big blue offensive line wall. They call it the big blue wall. It's still going to be there. But I guess the question is for Indiana, do they take a step backwards? They took a small step backwards last year. I think they take a step backwards again this year. I'm going to go four and eight. That's a way too early prediction. That's I'm not. This is in pencil, by the way. Jim, I'm putting this in pencil. So I will erase once I do a little more research. 50 days out, I'm not doing a lot of research. Three weeks from now, I'll be going, okay, let's let's sit in here. Let's look at all these other teams. Let's see who's going to be better, who's going to be worse, and let's see what Indiana can really do. But right now, 4-8. So on July 15th of 2022, you yep. say 4-8. and eight. Uh, You're not writing this down. I've got it written down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Is that? Uh, I hope it's uh, erasable it's, ink. It's in pencil. Okay, yeah, because it's going to change. <laughs> I only I only sign sign things. And in here's ink. the bad part. I'm an optimist. I'm pretty optimistic usually. I usually go if it's a questionable game, whether it's Indiana, Kentucky, or Louisville, I'll give them the win. I'll say, okay, you know what? They got a good shot of winning this game. I'm having trouble here with Indiana. So four and eight might uh, might become three and nine the next time we do this. Uh, the next time I do this, Tony Burke will be in studio with me, so I'll have a little brains in here with me. Uh, no offense, Jim. Uh, We're right. in different rooms. Absolutely. <laughs> Kentucky, all right, 10 wins last year. Bowl victory. Uh, feeling good about yourself. Again, big blue wall is uh, looks good on the offensive line. I got some terrific defenders coming back for another year. Skill players are good. Obviously, you lose Wondell Robinson. That's hard to replace. But got a lot of talent, and got a lot of young talent coming up. 
You should beat Miami of Ohio on uh, September 3rd, 50 days away, by the way. Uh, then you go to Gainesville to take on the Gators. September 10th, 7 o'clock ESPN game. That's tough. That's difficult. I don't care what you did to Florida last year. It's a road game in the swamp. Um, and Florida is, uh, they're angry. They're angry. Youngstown State, winner. Northern Illinois, probable winner. Then you go to Ole Miss. So your first two road games are Florida and Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebels. Not easy. South Carolina at home, got to win that game. Spencer Rattler will be the quarterback, the uh, Oklahoma transfer for the Gamecocks. But you got to win that game. Mississippi State at home, you got to win that game. At Tennessee, now that should be one of those games where Kentucky's mad. Will Levis should be angry. Chris Rodriguez should be. That defense should be bare angry, fit to be tied angry because of what Tennessee and Herndon Hooker did to the uh, Herndon Hooker did to the Cats last year in Lexington. That was a bloodletting. At Missouri, winnable game. Vanderbilt at home, you can't lose that one. Georgia at home, you're not going to win that one. And Louisville at home, you should win that one. This is the last year of the Louisville is a bye era that we're in right now. If Scott Satterfield can turn it around, remain the coach, and bring all the guys in that he has committed to that program, this should be probably the last year of the Louisville as a walkover. For Kentucky. So you beat Louisville. You beat the other three uh, non-Power 5 schools on your schedule. That's four. You win the games at home against South Carolina, Mississippi State. That's six. And Vanderbilt. That's seven. You're in a bowl game. You're not going to beat Georgia. You're probably not going to beat win at Tennessee. And you're probably not going to win at Florida. So Ole Miss, in my opinion, as uh, my, my buddy Buck from uh, Iroquois Park just texted, undefeated. <laughs> uh, take those blue glasses off there, Buckster. Um, you're not going to beat Georgia. You're not going to be. You're not going to win at Tennessee in all likelihood, and you're going to lose either at Florida, at Ole Miss, or at both of those. I got to go. I'm going to go optimism here. Nine and three. Now you're going to have to beat Florida or Ole Miss to go nine and three, or pull an upset in Knoxville. Nine and three is doable. Very doable. But you cannot slip up at home against South Carolina or Mississippi State. You just can't do it. I right, will take a break. We'll go over Louisville's schedule when we come back. And the uh, who would you pick if you were starting up a brand-new conference and you had any college, any university to choose from? Who do you pick first? All that more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports. Presented by Eminem Cartage, John Spears in studio. Final segment of the week. My voice always goes up when I say that. Final segment of the week. I love this. I love doing this, but uh, I love my weekends still. Even though I'm retired from real work, I still love my weekends. Um, Eminem Cartage Hotline, if you'd like, last chance, 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. 414-1450, that's the Thornton's text line. And at Summer Cash Bash, 
at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member gets ten grand. Grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Open your Refreshing Rewards app. Click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. You can also enter by purchasing select top brands at Thornton's, like hot dogs, large Doritos, Bud Light 12-packs, Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, many more. Thornton Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, text REWARDS to 803-13. Texter says, uh, let's see. I saw Mickey Mantle play. In the twilight of his career, I was in Anaheim. He played first base, not center field. He hobbled out a single, and it was painful to watch. The Angels fans gave him an ovation, but dot, dot, dot. Yeah, it's just same feeling watching Tiger Woods today. It was the same feeling. It was tough to see that, and I hope it's not the last thing we see from Tiger Woods. just want him to play a good round of golf. Want him to throw up a 70 at Augusta, and then he can walk off into the sunset. It'd be great. Let's Before I get to the Louisville schedule, let's go to the M&M Carnage Hotline. Bring in Buzz. How you doing today, Buzz? I'm doing fine, John. And you were getting ready to talk about Louisville, and that's my question. Yep. And this is a couple ifs, so stay with me. If Scott Satterfield gets all these recruits in, and they come into Louisville, and they actually play, Yep. then what happens after their first year? Do they t- kind of take play uh, the Cardinals like as a minor league team and look for something bigger and better down the road? Uh, with the transfer portal buzz, that is a distinct possibility. That's what happens nowadays. Uh, the, the smaller teams, and I'm talking even smaller than Louisville, are gutted. They're gutted by the big uh, – look at Tyler Harrell. Had a great season yeah. in Louisville last year. Everybody thought number one receiver coming back. Everybody's all excited. Now he's in Alabama. That's what happens. It's 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 well, one of the one of the sad realities of the NIL and the open transfer, the free one time transfer. That's I like the fact that kids can transfer because coaches can leave anytime they want and there are no repercussions. So I like it, but it does gut certain teams. And Louisville could be one of those well, teams, it, you're right. Yeah, and I I was just thinking about that because if I'm like a five star recruit and I know that there's a stud at my position at uh, yeah. the Thundering Herd somewhere, and uh, but I can go into a place, a smaller place, and play my freshman year instead of sitting and build my brand, get a little NIL money, and then maybe move on when that when my job becomes open at the bigger school and Absolutely. then prepare for the NFL. And we can use Pierce, Pierce Clarkson as a great example. This is a highly rated quarterback out of California. He's coming to Louisville. He said all the right things. His dad has rented billboards in Louisville. He's trying to get other kids to come to Louisville, and that is all fine and dandy. But what if he comes in here, not this coming season, but the following season, has a great year, and all of a sudden Ohio State comes calling, or Michigan, or UCLA, where he's from? What if they come? USC comes calling? How difficult would it be for this kid to say no, to go do that? Because that's going to help him get to the NFL. And uh, you know, I, I've never, uh, I've never listened much to recruiting. Yeah, I mean, uh, for that reason, let let me see them get on the field and then perform. But in today's world, now you still may get to see them, but maybe only for a year. And, yeah. and that's it. And and I know you wanted to get on to U of schedule and all that, so I, I'm going to drop off and listen to the rest of your show. But as always, appreciate what you're doing. And uh, 
great tweet last night. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you. <laughs> I'll talk about that uh, another day on the show here, but thank you, Buzz. I appreciate it as always. Sounds, sounds like a plan, and I'll definitely be bumping into you this fall. Yes, yes, you will now. <laughs> Unfortunately for you, that <laughs> is going to happen. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> All right, John. Um, yeah, he brings up a great point. Um, and there's nothing we can do about it at this point. The horse is out of the barn. The toothpaste is out of the tube. You're not putting it back in. NIL is out there, and a team like Southern Cal is going to be able to get these kids and, and pretty much get anybody they want out of the transfer portal because of the NIL possibilities and because, in my opinion, in the next five years, Southern Cal is going to be the team to beat in college football. And they had a long, tradition-rich history and it went south for a while, but it's coming back, and it's coming back in a big way. All right, Louisville's schedule, they start 50 days from today as well, a Saturday, September 3rd game, 8 o'clock ACC Network at Syracuse. Malik Cunningham's the key to this team. Hello, Mr. Obvious. Malik Cunningham is the key to this team. He has to have a great year throwing the football. He has to have a great year running the football. Teams are going to score points against Louisville. Louisville has to keep up on the scoreboard this year. That's going to be the goal. They got a couple of decent running backs. They they lost some receivers, but they still got some good receivers. Um, it is sort of a transition year. As sad as that sounds, and nobody nobody ever wants to be in a transition year. Hey, we're uh, we're changing the roster next year. We're going to be great, but that's where they're at right now. That's where they're at, and I don't know how many wins Scott Satterfield has to has to have to hold on to his job. Maybe it's, it's a lot fewer because of the recruiting that Louisville has been successful at in this particular recruiting cycle. They got some studs coming to campus, but it's a year away. It's a year away. And if Scott Satterfield is 2-10 and 10 this year and they relieve him of his duties, does that mean these, these uh, guys that are committed are going to go elsewhere? Because if it does, then maybe you have to keep Scott Satterfield no matter what. I hope they go to a bowl game, and there's there's no choice to make here, no decision to make. Start out at Syracuse, not going to be easy. Any of these road games in the ACC for Louisville are going to be difficult. I don't care who the opponent is. You can take the worst team in the league, and it's going to be a hard win for the Cards. It's going to be difficult for the Cards to win that game. Game two of Friday night on the road at Central Florida, 7.30 on, on the deuce. Ah, I don't know how good that goes. Then your first home game, the Florida State Seminoles come back, come in. We've seen the Cards beat Florida State. We've seen it more than once. We've seen it at Cardinal Stadium a, couple, a few different times. So this is not a non-winnable game, but Florida State's – they're getting back in the good column as well as far as college football is concerned. South Florida at home, you got to win that one. At Boston College, again, tough road conference game, early October. At Virginia, you start off with four of your first six games on the road, three conference games, and UCF. That's difficult. Uh, you come home, your first home conference, well, your second home conference game, uh, I would call it your first winnable one, is Pittsburgh. Then you got Wake Forest, then James Madison. So three consecutive home games against Pitt, Wake Forest, and James Madison, all three, I think, winnable. But you got to have some confidence. You uh, 
you don't serve yourself if you're 0-6 coming into that stretch. Finish at Clemson. Do I even have to say it? I don't think so. NC State at home, that's a difficult matchup, and at Kentucky. So as I look at this, uh, give me those three wins at home in the middle of the season. Give me one upset, maybe uh, a win at Boston College, maybe an upset to start the season at Syracuse. I'm going to go five and seven. Three and nine would not surprise me. Anything over six would surprise me. I would say get to six. Just get to six. Just like everybody. You want to play in a bowl game, get to six. Really is that simple. And I'm not going to get to this today. I wanted to uh, because I'm running short on time. But Sports Illustrated put out an article called Desirability Rank Ratings. If if we put all the power schools into a hat and you got to pick out the one you wanted to start a conference, who would it be? And here are the factors Sports Illustrated used. Now, my, my man BC already sent me he would take Michigan. And he also said if Notre Dame was in a conference, he'd take Notre Dame. The first thing is football ranking, okay? That's simple. The second, academic ranking, all right? So that matters a little bit here. Uh, And they use the U.S. News and World Report National University rankings from 2021. Uh, All sports ranking, which is mainly baseball, men's and women's basketball, and women's volleyball. Texas would be the number one in that category, but uh, Division I standings, they use the Learfield Directors Cup Division I standings. Football attendance, how many people show up at your games? Are you sold out at home? Uh, are there a lot of people in the stands disguised as empty seats? That's a question we have to ask. And finally, broadcast viewership. Who gets watched on TV? Which school gets watched? So based on those five categories, the number one school is Ohio State. Number two football rank, twentieth, tied for 20th academically, fourth in all sports, third in attendance, and tied for second in viewership. An overall rating of 31 points. That's, you want, this is like golf. You want a low score. 31. Uh, number two, BC, you're right on it. Michigan, 18th in, or excuse me, 16th in football. Eighth in academics, third in all sports, first in attendance, and tied for fifth in viewership. Notre Dame is third, easy to see why. Texas is fourth, and that, you know, tied for 12th in football, but they get a lot of points for all sports, number one, and they get a lot of points for attendance and viewership. People still watch Texas football. Number five, Georgia, six, Florida, seven, Wisconsin, eight, Oklahoma, nine, Southern Cal, and 30th in football kind of hurts them, and 10th, Alabama, believe it or not. Number one in football, but tied for 55th in academics, hello, Uh, 21st in all sports, fourth in attendance, and fourth in viewership. So they get a lot of points for football and viewership and attendance, but academics in all sports kind of hurt Alabama. Uh, locally, Kentucky is 39th. Purdue is 41st on the list. Indiana, 49th. And Louisville tied with Central Florida for 55th. When you look at Louisville, 53rd in football, 33rd in all sports, 44th in attendance. So, some bad numbers there for the local schools. All right. Cam Smith still leads the uh, U.S. Open. 
13 under now. He's got a three-shot lead. We'll uh, go over that entire golf tournament on Monday. Talk some more college football. It's only 50 days away. Enjoy your weekend. See you Monday.